once again to the Irish in Sweden podcast my friends my name is Philip O'Connor and I'm talking to you late in the evening here today before the podcast is due out at seven o'clock on Monday morning and as I came home from the friends arena there and Yanni Anderson's last game in charge you never know he might take over Ireland now and might do a, a repeat of what he did with the Swedes at the 2018 World Cup we live in hope but as I was coming home there the first I think it's the first note that I've seen this year was dusting the streets of Solna and the winter is definitely here and there's plenty of things going on uh, you will have noticed that we dropped another little bit of a bonus podcast on Friday and the reason for that is because this week if you're listening to this on the week that the podcast came out uh, Brian Downey of Thin Lizzy is on the road again with his Alive and Dangerous band and they're playing in Malmo I think on Monday when this comes out then they're playing in Gothenburg I think on the Tuesday they're playing in Örebro they're playing in Sala they're playing in Javla and they're playing in Stockholm so I think there's five gigs or so in seven days maybe six gigs in seven days there so there's a whole load of opportunities to go and see them Tin Lizzy of course one of the greatest Irish rock bands of all time Brian Downey was there through it all himself and Phil Linnett were the two sort of core members if you like in the band from the very very beginning absolutely brilliant musician and uh, if you can like the band is really really good right they like I, I'm not a big fan of tribute bands but they really managed to capture the vibe of you know the Tin Lizzy the Phil Linnett era Tin Lizzy they do a really really great job on that so if you can get your tickets go down and watch Brian Downey and tell him the Irish and Sweden podcast sent you because um, that always helps when word gets around that it's a good idea to go on the podcast there. Do you know who else could do with going on the podcast, lads, right? I was out uh, wandering around Facebook the other evening, bored out of my mind, right? And I happened upon a post from the Gothenburg Irish group, and I went, hang on a second, Th- those words and that picture don't belong together in a Swedish setting, right? So what it was, was that somebody in Mölndal in Gothenburg, now it could be, it could have been Gerald, it could have been uh, uh, anybody, jeez, I can't even remember who was put it up there, right? But it turns out that somebody discovered Kilmeden Irish Cheddar, both the orange fella and the white fella, in Hemshap down below in Mullendal. And it has been spotted, right? Decent cheese, real cheese, right? None of this pressed messing around, right? The kind of cheese that you can put on toast and melt it on there and it stays melted. You know that kind of cheese, right? Is apparently available. Kilmeden Irish Cheddar. And do you think they tell us in the podcast? No, lads. They haven't been in touch to tell us at all. So this is Sweden's best kept secret at the moment. I wasn't even going to tell you. My youngest daughter would say, look, don't tell people on the podcast because I want to get about six lumps of that uh, before it runs out somewhere. But now I'm after doing it. So if you do spot... Uh, Kilmeaden Irish Cheddar in the world do let me know especially if you see it on the north side of Stockholm because uh, it's the kind of thing that goes down very well in our household and we haven't been back to Ireland for a little while but as I say fantastic uh, thing to be getting in touch with the podcast tell us when things are going on when gigs are going on when businesses are launching or when there's exhibitions and that kind of thing because I do I do my best to turn up and the way I can turn up is because lovely people like you support the podcast don't you yeah handsome intelligent devil you supporting the podcast uh, you can do so via patreon.com forward slash our man in Stockholm is one way to do it and the other way to do it is swish a few bob to 123 
Some other great supporters of the podcast, of course, are the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden. And their gala dinner and the Beacon Award and all that is coming up on the 2nd of December here in Stockholm. And I mentioned it to a few of the Stockholm Gales there. We had the AGM the other night in the Irish Embassy. A huge thanks to our new ambassador, Barbara, who hosted the whole thing there and made a lovely speech to kick the whole thing off. Um, but yeah, we were in there and um, we were talking about the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden and the upcoming gala dinner. It's going to be a great evening, right? And I'd encourage as many of you to go as possible. Sometimes you'll be listening to that and you're going, oh no, that's the laddies in suits. Like That's just for fellas in high finance and talking about balance sheets and all that. That's not where it is at all, right? It's basically anybody involved in any sort of business whatsoever. It could be a small little startup looking for angel investors or whatever they're called, or you might be working for one of the big Swedish multinationals. But the idea is that being a Chamber of Commerce, it's to bring people together and to create these relationships uh, to help one another along the road in business right and all of us are in business in one way or the other lads right we might be uh, running our own businesses here or I'm self-employed as a freelance journalist and, and as a communications professional uh, you might be working for the international English school you could be working for one of the big tech companies you could be above on a site in Lulio all of us you know it doesn't matter if you're working for somebody or if you're running the whole show or indeed if you own a bunch of Ericsson shares yourself we're all involved in business right so it's a good idea idea to get down there and especially for the younger people in our community uh, because an awful lot of people who come over here and they might come over here on an internship to begin with or they might come over here on their first job and they get a taste of it and that kind of thing and then they come to you and they say they want to stay and they're looking for a job and I'll always do my best to put people together with uh, businesses that are looking for people and that kind of thing but the absolute easiest way is to be on LinkedIn and it's to know all these people in the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden find a mentor there find people that you can talk to who can guide you along in your career and sort of shorten the time it takes for you to make those connections and to learn things and the absolute best way to do that will be at the networking event between two and four on the day out in the elite hotel in stockholm and then of course the dinner then that evening when the beacon prize is being uh, announced so get in touch iccs uh, the irish chamber of commerce in sweden give them an l google there get in touch with them i think there might be one or two uh, invitations open to academics to young academics who are studying over here uh, check with your employer they might allow you to expense the evening i think it's a great idea i'll probably do the same thing myself and i'll be there and you can be on this podcast if you show up right let us get to the mate and drink of it we've had the cheese let us get to the mate and drink of this episode right this is one that i'm really delighted to be bringing to you and it comes from marjorie sundstrom marjorie you will have heard last year when we went and visited her in the hotel she was working in she's now at villa dagmar which is a tremendous hotel on Ostermalm, doing great things but uh, she has spoken to us previously about her career and i met her on the street there actually just down from villa dagmar one day there just at the end of the summer and she says there's something i'd like to talk to you about and i said that's cool yeah what do you want to do and she says for the podcast it's a deadly you can't be you like you just can't get enough ideas for the podcast she said orange day is on the 25th of november i just got orange day and she says yeah orange day i said okay explain that to me orange day boys and girls on the 25th of november is the international day for the elimination of violence against women and girls right also called orange day the world lights up in orange to highlight and take a stand against violence against women and girls right and um one of the, the theme this year now that you want to talk about and we didn't talk about that much right is investing to prevent violence against women and girls right that's the theme for this year we didn't really get to that too much but what we did was we sat down myself margie sundstrom and louise valor who works here for un women uh, to talk about the whole concept of orange day and violence against women and the things that we all can do right um, a little bit of a trigger warning for everybody. Uh, somebody listening to this podcast is going to have been in one of those situations 
situations, in a situation of domestic violence, in a, situ a situation of psychological abuse. In the show notes, you will find uh, the, the contact details for organisations that can help you, both here in Sweden and in Ireland. If you're living in a situation like this, take the first step and go and talk to somebody about the situation. It doesn't have to be forever and it's not your fault, right? So go stretch out the hand. We're lucky to live in an age now where we're able to talk about these things a lot more and where there is a lot more help out there. There's still not enough help out there. I'll be the first to say that, right? But there's a lot out there. The whole point of this discussion with Louise and Marjorie is to bring this up and to talk about it and to have adult conversations about it. I know coming at it from a man's perspective, I'm 52 years old, I've never experienced these things it's no skin off my nose so to speak to sit there and to intellectualize about it and to discuss about it and that kind of thing because it's simply nothing that has happened to me it's not something that's happened to me but we all know people who have been subject to domestic violence to sexual violence to psychological violence we all know them lads and it's not always they're going to tell us and sometimes they don't tell us because they don't feel like they can trust us and sometimes they don't tell us because that's their secret and that's their pain to bear alone right but the discussion has to be had and I am more than happy to have that discussion. So here we go. Uh, this is Margie and Louise. We sat down at the wonderful Villa Dagmar. We'll have to go back there and do an episode about that place because it really is magnificent. But we sat down anyway to talk about Orange Day and this is the conversation that we managed to have. surroundings of the Villa Dagmar. I'm here again with Marjorie Sundstrom and we're here to talk about the UN and Women's, uh, sorry, Orange Day on the 25th of November. So we'll just start, Marjorie, with, because this started as a conversation between you and me on LinkedIn. Do you want, okay, you know, do you want to talk about this? And I, went, I absolutely want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. But why did you reach out to me? Why did you feel it was important that we talk about this? Um, well, basically, I felt that uh, we, we, we bumped into each other on the street there and uh, you said, oh, we must get another podcast going. And I kind of felt that, um, you know, I could I could go on a podcast with you and talk about the hotel industry all, uh, all I want. But to me, something that's much more important is uh, the work of UN Women Sweden and uh, Orange Day. Mm. Um, we worked together with, uh, I worked together with Louise when I was at the, the courtyard uh, in Kungsholmen. And it was really kind of there that we, uh, that we met when we had a, um, an event to, uh, for Orange Day uh, for a woman called uh, Maria Andersson who has um, done a lot of work uh, to support UN Women Sweden and also to support uh, victims of abuse um, and uh, it was really there when I was um, yeah, working with you guys for what, a year there, a uh, very short period but I learned so much about the topic of uh, violence against women and children mm. and that I felt that this was something that needs to be taken up a lot more and mm. spoken about um, and a lot more women need to need to speak up and, and get help about it and it's a, it's a very tough topic I think every time we meet we do talk about how, how difficult the topic is to talk about mm. but um, it's something that women do need to talk about in order and men mm. um, in order for uh, for us to be able to combat uh, violence against women and children. Mm. 
Louise, she's already sorted her book. Could you just introduce yourself and tell me who you work for and the kind of work that you do, please? Yes, of course. And thank you for having me. And thank you, Marjorie, for initiating this. I'm Louise Waller, working at Young Women Sweden. I'm the head of fundraising and communication there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so UN Women is the UN entity for women's rights and equality. Um, globally, so you know, women is present in almost hundred countries mm. as of today, with headquarters in uh, New York, mm. uh, and um, they have been existing since uh, twenty ten. So it's quite young organization within the UN system, uh, <laughs> but they have a really broad mandate. So they have um, work in these hundred countries through field and country offices working really like hands-on with Mm. women's rights and gender equality and also working strategically with all the UN member states supporting them uh, developing new laws on gender equality and so on and also uh, looking at the UN system inside Mm. that is also um, uh, that it's correct there because we have a lot of work to do in-house as well of Mm. course. Okay, I gotta ask a stupid question. The first of many, right? Please do. Why Sweden, Jamstelthet, okay, <laughs> equality everywhere, you know, we have no problems in this country essentially. Why does this organization have to exist in Sweden? Is there a hidden need for these things? Am I, I know I'm being glib now and being sort of funny about it, but is there a big need for what you do in Sweden? That's a really good question. Uh, and yeah, as you and women Sweden, what we do is, uh, I'm going to start there and then I will answer your question, Super. <laughs> uh, is that we support the UN women and like globally. So what mm. we do here is that we work with advocacy on global women's rights issues uh, and we also do a lot of fundraising so that you women are being able to uphold their work mm. uh, globally. But of course, um, it's also important to speak about these issues here because the international issues, as we say, there are also national mm. and there is violence against women, a very like concrete example. Mm. Uh, because the figures are unfortunately that one in three women worldwide will experience violence or abuse mm. in a physical or sexual form throughout their lifetime. Mm. And that doesn't matter if you are born in Sweden or in Ireland or Burkina Faso. Mm. The numbers are global. They're pretty much the same across the board. Yes, mm. unfortunately they are. One in three. One in three. This is one of the things, it's like getting hit in the head with a stick, right, when you mm. hear that, right? Women know this, men don't, right? We don't talk about these things. Not, not a single man I know could have lifted that one in three statistic. Marjorie, was this something that you were sort of aware of, you know, growing up and as a young woman, we talked before about, you know, being in the hotel business, all the learning mm. you did, Cornell University. Mm. These things exist. Is it something that women talk about that men just don't? Or what's the sort of the, the ecosystem like? Do women talk about these things among themselves? <laughs> well, it was actually something we were just talking about uh, now today that I think there's definitely a generation um, uh, shift happening at the moment. Mm. Um, something that I didn't talk about growing up in Ireland, definitely not. Mm. I'd say my mother's generation was definitely not. You'd know that maybe there was violence happening in a family, but you wouldn't talk about it. There'd mm. be no chance you'd just say, oh, that's the way he is. Mm. That's the way men are. Yeah. Um, and you just put up with it. Uh, in my generation, uh, I think there was a little bit more talk about mental health 
um, in schools. Uh, and now in the next generation, I'm really happy to see that women are standing up a lot more to look out for warning signals and support one another to say, look, this is not okay. Mm. This is not how guys are meant to uh, act and treat you. Mm. Uh, we need to get help mm. and also asking for help because the first step is for women and men to talk about, mm. to talk about violence um, or abuse mm. and also gender stereotypes as well. Um, even from a young age, even my kids now, they're five and seven, but they still are aware of Orange Day and that um, they, they're like, oh, you have to have Orange Day because uh, you're not allowed to be stupid to women. Mm. <laughs> and is this something that they have that, picked up from school kind of thing? No, yeah. they picked it up from me from working you, yeah. with, with Louise. Mm. But they're, they're two young girls that are growing up and saying, you're not allowed to do that. Boys mm. aren't allowed to be bossy to girls. Mm. Boys aren't allowed to hit girls. Mm. Um, just just as much girls as boys, but it, you, you do see a lot more with the younger generation in school that it's like, oh, boys will be boys. Hmm. And they just get away with whatever they want to, basically, you know? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Among your friends here in Sweden, because you've lived in Sweden for a long time, mm-hmm. um, again, well-travelled around the world, if you, talk, if you think about the adult women that you know, because that statistic, one in three, we all know somebody. Yep. And not only do we all know somebody, we all know somebody who's going through this right now is it something that is spoken about women do you feel helpless do you feel that there's support there do you feel that you can help other women who might be in those situations um i think there still is a difficult i think in sweden it's definitely easier to talk about Mm. um like i have noticed now when i uh, started working with un UN women sweden Mm. uh, that um there was a lot more women around me that are affected by uh, violent relationships. One mm. woman that I do kickboxing with is now a speaker um, uh, for uh, helping women uh, uh, victims of abuse. Mm. And she was also in a domestic uh, uh, abusive uh, relationship as well. Mm. Um, also, uh, there's a woman in school as well who's also helping uh, uh, a women's shelter mm. uh, as well. So it's, you actually, when you do open up and do talk about uh, um, this issue, then there are a lot more uh, people around you that are affected by it. Mm. That's what you start to see, that there is a lot more support and it's probably difficult to take up. Mm. Uh, but uh, once you do, you see the support mm. network around you. It's kind of like that thing, Louise, where you're walking on the street and somebody says, OK, don't look at the red cars. Mm. And then you see red cars everywhere. <laughs> and now there's one in three statistics that we're going to be going out of here and seeing people who are not in a great position. Mm. Um, wherever we go on the street, right? What is it like for somebody who does say, I need help, I am being abused, I am being physically or sexually abused? Mm-hmm. Is there a sense of shame attached to that in Sweden? Does, you know, the, the, the famous Swedish social welfare net sort of come around people? Or is it still very much, because in certain places, I know in Iceland, for instance, I've had these conversations where it's just not something that women are prepared to speak about because they don't feel that they get anything back. I think... Um a difference from case to case. Uh, I would say that as of today, the climate is more accepting. After Me Too, I would say that Mm. that did a very huge change to just being able to, as a victim of abuse, stepping up and speaking about it and being able to say that this happened to me, even if it was yesterday or 10 years ago or Mm. whatever, that actually like created a a big impact. 
but still of course there are feelings of shame connected to it mm-hmm. even if you don't want it to be uh, but I w- will say that we have come a long way but we are definitely not there yet mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a, not a straight answer it's, it can differ from cases to case mm-hmm. but also it has a lot to do as you say with the support system I would say uh, if you have a family there if you have a a social network of friends and so on it will of course still be very very hard but you will have a yeah it might be easier to mm. uh, express yourself and have the courage to do so mm. if you don't have a support system here in terms of family and friends maybe you came here from another country Mm. and so on maybe then you don't have all the information of who to turn to or uh, what are my rights even here Mm. uh, and so on so there are um, yeah it can affect different groups in society differently Mm. I would say Yes, th- there's actually a law coming in in Ireland now, I don't know if it's the end of the month or the end of the year, which is basically domestic violence leave. So if you're a victim of domestic violence, you can go to your doctor or whoever and they will sign off and say that you get a period of... What can women in Sweden expect? Is it different for Swedish citizens or can all women expect this at the same levels of, of support? Can they expect the same legal protections in these situations? Like as a citizen in Sweden, you should be able to expect the same... Um, yeah, but does that work in reality, though? That's another question. <laughs> but as um, you should at least, that's like my message to all women, like you should bear with you that uh, you have rights and those rights like are important. Mm. Uh, and if you need help, there is help to get in terms of there is a really strong uh, movement of women's organizations within Sweden that you can turn to uh, for um, yeah legal advice and so on. And if you need that support that you maybe don't have uh, from your family or friends. Marjorie, explain a little bit. What is Orange Day, right? Because <laughs> you're one of these people that I always love talking to you mm-hmm. because you always see a sort of a corporate social responsibility aspect to mm-hmm. the things that you're doing as well. And you kind of almost insist that the people who employ you sort of get on board with it. <laughs> How did you become aware of it? How do you support it, you know, personally in your private life and in your professional life? Um, well, yeah, I don't think we've covered actually what Orange Day is. It's mm. it's the UN's International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women and Children. Mm. Um, so, and that's on the 25th of November. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an uh, international initiative by the UN, um, and um, companies can get on board um, and uh, support Orange Day on the 25th of November. But they can also uh, support UN Women Sweden all year round as well. There's mm. it, uh, loads of different campaigns and initiatives that you can do there. Mm. Um, for me, the the reason why I got involved was when we when we met Maria Anderson um, at the at the courtyard, uh, who um, actually arranges an Orange Day uh, motorbike rally. Mm. So uh, this woman, Maria, actually uh, goes out towards motorbike uh, clubs, motorbike clubs, well. uh, where there is a, a huge issue of uh, domestic violence, mm. and uh, met with the members there and spoke to them and met with actually abusers and asked them, why? Why do you do this? and broke it down, the kind of the gender stereotypes of, oh, well, I'm a biker, I'm meant to be macho, yeah. that kind of macho. I rule the roost here. Exactly, yeah. yes, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and that was really inspiring to me. And that's when I got in touch with UN Women Sweden and said that we need to do something more. Mm. And we've had Maria as a speaker as well um, uh, at a client event. Again, it was very few that came to it because people felt, oh, that sounds like a tough topic. I don't want to go to that. Yeah, yeah. Everybody who left that room was like, I have to do something. Yeah. I have to help. And that's, that's the main aim that I have with, with Orange Day is that somebody would be listening to this and go, wow, I mm. have to do something to help. I have to support. Mm. Mm. How can they get engaged? How can people listening to this, Louise, get engaged in Orange Day? Is there a way that they can say, OK, they can become a monthly donor, they mm. can volunteer? What can they do mm. for you? Yeah, it's really, as you said, the day to uh, take action and take a stand against violence against women. And uh, I just want to add also that why orange? It's good to say that yeah. it's, uh, it represents the uh, bright and positive future without violence against women. So mm. that's, of course, the mission and what we're aiming for. So what you can do, both as an individual uh, and, of course, also as a company that you can contribute in many ways, you can support us by highlighting the day, communicating that it exists, yeah, bringing, yeah, shred light to the issue of violence against women. As you said, putting the numbers out there, that, mm. as you said, one in three women, everybody should know that. Mm. And when you know that, that's also something you, that you can work against. Uh, you can wear orange clothes on this day to take a stand, because if you wear an orange shirt, a lot of people will ask why, because it's not really a common color. <laughs> <laughs> so that's always a conversation starter. <laughs> But unless you're a hammer bee supporter, you don't see green in Sweden. You also don't see orange that much in the <laughs> Very true. I, I also wear an orange pin here today. That's also something that you can buy from us that, to um, uh, to show support for the campaign, as well as, of course, as you said, you can become a monthly donor and support the mission of you women all year around. You can. Uh, uh, donate monthly um, how much you want mm. uh, and as a company you can do a lot of what we call them orange initiatives so they can communicate within their channels to their customers or in, uh, yeah, in-house as well uh, mm. our communication tool that we have so please reach out you will get it as well as do orange fundraisers mm. so where they get a, an own website where they can follow how much uh, they have fundraisers for mm. you, Orange Day they can also light up their building in mm. orange if they have that possibility and mm. uh, so actually on the 25th of November like you see all around the world, different buildings lighting up in orange, which is really powerful. I'll be, I'll be checking the light bulbs outside the Villa Dagba here. <laughs> yes, you know, please do. Usually the obituary now is lit up in orange. There you go. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. lovely to see. And you who know sports also, tell it for friends and yep. so on. Yeah. Super. So they are showing mm. the support. And if you don't have the possibility of owning a building, mm. you can make other orange initiatives. So if, you, if you don't happen to have your own football stadium, exactly. yes. <laughs> yeah. we will make allowances. Mm. 
um, I was thinking about some of the practical things, right? Because we're, we're in a sort of a media climate or a media mm. environment now where you hear about Russell Brand and you hear about <laughs> Andrew Tate. Every kid has a phone in their pocket bringing them in stuff on TikTok. An awful lot of stuff that we sort of work to remove, and particularly from Swedish society, when the 70s paternity leave came in, people started to change the way they're thinking. Kind of feels like we're rolling back on that now. Yeah. Um, what can we do to help young people, boys and girls, to understand what's right and what's not right? Mm. Is it an issue of education? Is it an issue of parenting? Is it an issue of leadership? Where do you see mm. that, Louise? Yeah, very important question. And I think uh, it's an issue for every aspect so because i think to make yeah to create a real change you have to involve every one of those uh, mm. those aspects that you mentioned like it's both a responsibility for the, the parents but also for the school and so on and take these like topics very yeah how do you say um uh, show that they are really important by speaking with them mm. about them and also uh talking to really yeah young girls and boys and saying like okay how is it okay to speak to each other mm. what are what are you allowed to do what are you not allowed to do and not in a like condescending or guilt tripping kind of way no. just like creating a safe space mm. to speak about these issues yeah mm. and and also as you said with like social media being used in a more young age it's super important to start when kids are really young I mm. would say because the content that they are being exposed to adults have very limited control it's over wild like you know somebody I had no idea who Andrew Tate was and then he was like how the f how did he get in yeah. here you know, talking about these things Marjorie you have two daughters five and seven years yep. old right mm -hmm. How do you talk to them, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm very conscious, when, Louise, when you talk to Irish people, mm -hmm. we have a particularly, a particularly upbringing, right? We came mm -hmm. from a Catholic country, mm -hmm. whether our parents were observant or not or that. But there was a certain baggage that came with that. At the same time, one in three across the board, you mentioned Burkina Faso or whatever. Mm -hmm. So this is something that affects everybody. How do you deal with that as a parent, Marjorie? How do you talk to your girls about things like that? I think it's like Louise said, it's, it's making it the norm. Um, to say that mm. if a, if a boy uh, in school is acting is is rough or hits hits somebody or mm. um, you know says something, it's not that oh boys will be boys. It's saying oh what did you think about that mm. and how and actually bring up a discussion instead of saying that this is right this is wrong mm. to actually bring up the discussion because kids are a lot smarter than you think mm. um, and you can actually you can if you bring it up in discussion about uh, violence against children mm. and women then they will learn up they will learn to actually stand up for themselves and it'll be a new generation that is more open it'll just be the norm to talk about mm. do you talk to other parents about this because there's always that situation mm. where Especially if you have daughters, right? That some mm. boy will, you know, overstep the mark and he'll get a slap or he'll get told off in mm. school or whatever. And then all of a sudden there's a conflict and this has to be talked about with this young boy, mm. this young girl, these parents. Do you ever have to have these difficult conversations with other parents or with doggies or fritis or in school? Uh, luckily, I haven't had any uh, converse, direct conversation no, yet. Not but yet. I have. <laughs> I, they're only young. <laughs> but, <laughs> Plenty of time but I think that. Um, uh, once I have actually talked, started talking about the work that we've done with you and Women Sweden, a lot of people work, have opened up and said, 
gosh, yeah, that's really great that you're doing that. How can mm. we do that? Or how can we get on board? Or how can we talk to our, our kids about, about it as well? So it's, it really is kind of the thing about talking about initiatives like Orange Day or He for She campaign mm. or anything like that, uh, just to make it the, the norm to come up in conversation. It won't mm. be, it's not taboo. Mm. <laughs> What are the major red flags, Louise? Because mm. we're often told that it doesn't start with physical violence, mm. right? It's kind of like boiling the frog, that, you know, it might be some sort of controlling behaviour, make sure you text me when you get home, this kind of thing. And then mm. all of a sudden, so, oh, who are you going out with? Oh, you know, oh, can you not call me when you get there? You know, mm. who else is going to be there? Mm. What are the red flags for, for women and for young girls? And what are the red flags for young men? Because there's bound to be mm. some people listening to this who think that what they are doing, and I'm in no way trying to excuse anything here, but you think that what you're doing is out of, of love or out of caring for somebody but it's actually out of a very unhealthy obsession and a very low sense of your own self-esteem yeah, so exactly. what should we be looking out for in our own way of thinking and our own way of talking to avoid these situations i think um, you should always as an individual and as a human being be very observant of your own behavior mm. and be i think self-reflective mm. it sounds uh, <laughs> yes I would say like constantly being aware of what you do and mm. how it affects other people. And also being a bit like, I would say kind to yourself in the sense that we all are doing things that are not 100% good all mm. the time, but being able to speak about what you're doing that maybe it's not your proudest moment or mm. oh I actually said that to this person and I saw that it affected him or her badly in mm. what way and kind of like just reflect upon why did I do that because as you said I think a lot of our <laughs> our actions that we are not that proud of often lays within ourselves in insecurities mm. uh, and being humble enough to admit that we all have insecurities and being able to speak about them and why we have them again we're back to speaking but i think that's so much of the the answer to it because okay i feel uh, well very self-conscious because of this and this if you're able to speak about that with your friends then maybe you won't do the same action the next time or maybe you will but you will uh, rephrase it and put mm. it in kinder words yeah. or so on because th- those social consequences are quite mm. important they're what stop us you know from doing these things in front of everybody out on the street out here you know yeah. about that communication thing right because one in three there's an awful lot of us are aware of these things happening and as you said Marjorie sometimes we just turn a blind eye that's mm. just how he is or that's just those unfortunate kids this is what happens to them mm. What does the UN or UN Women say? Is there any guidelines for how we should approach this? If I know that Marjorie is being physically or, or, or verbally or emotionally mm. abused, should I approach her? Should I go to the police? Should I go to her doctor, her mother? Or, you know, what should I do as a sort of a concerned citizen or a friend to mm. her? I think the most important thing is that you do something that you don't turn your back and mm. be like, okay, oh, this seems like a... a a hard topic to, uh, <laughs> to I'm just gonna leave that. exactly no <laughs> so but of course speak with the person mm-hmm. but think about how you speak to that person because that person is probably in a very vulnerable state and when you are you can tend to get a 
bit um, yeah defensive mm. uh, and also maybe speak in a safer environment I think is very important mm. uh, and also what you can do is that you can maybe uh, look up yourself like if you would like say I am concerned because of this and this and I'm not sure that this is right but I just want to raise the this question because I love you very much or yeah. uh, I care about you very much or this is just out of concern so mm-hmm. no shaming I think is very yeah. very important and also be like if this is accurate this uh, is the number to maybe your closest queen uh, of yeah Sweden. so it's a women's help line yeah, kind of yeah. exactly yeah. Uh, and not be too pushy but still show a lot of affection mm. uh, and love and that you really care I think the most mm. important thing mm. because if you're in an abusive relationship you can tend to feel very very alone because you're probably there with this big scary secret all mm. by yourself and it's part of the dynamic as well isn't mm. it that's how these things are kept quiet yeah, you know you're getting alienated mm. of course from everyone and so so just the fact that somebody sees you and like uh, yeah acknowledges mm. you can be mm. a game changer yeah. actually what, what I get from what you're saying there maybe is that it's best to lead with questions rather than try to give them answers and say exactly. look you need to do this go okay is there something you need to tell me is there something I can help mm. you with rather than that you know um, practically how are you going to mark Orange Day 2023 <laughs> what have you got planned for us <laughs> Um, well, that's that's the thing is doing this podcast here with you is probably one of my main activities for for Orange Day Fantastic. Uh, that we're going to do um, as I'm no longer at the courtyard. So I'll be. So this was my way of being able to to help out UN Women Sweden this year, mm. um, and also just spreading the word uh, myself on social media. Mm. Is there anything we can do as an Irish community? Do mm-hmm. you think because. Luckily, it's not something I've ever heard of. No, it's not, and it's not a huge thing in Ireland. No, we discussed yeah. it previously, and I said I have to go to Ireland. And yeah. <laughs> send but out the message. Yeah, this next podcast will be done from Dublin. <laughs> Exactly, but it is a global initiative from from UN Women. Mm. Um, so anybody in Ireland can also get on board. Uh, there's also great initiatives, or great organisations in Ireland like Women's Aid, uh, who also help a lot in domestic abuse. Mm. Um, so you can uh, reach out to them as well. Yeah, and I would say that's really uh, the beauty with this campaign because it's really for everybody and it's really global. Mm. So. Uh, you can you can make your own out of it (laughs) kind of main component is orange but if you're a big corporate company of course there's a real need for investment so of course we want donations but if you're a civil society organization you can do other stuff you can have a orange fika and uh, and a speaking circle about the topic and of issue Especially for sports teams, like you mm. get involved in a lot yeah, as well too. Sports yeah. teams actually, that's yeah. been arranging something called Orange Matcher, so Orange Games, cool. uh, where they um, they have our message on the the, the screens, yeah. uh, the arena may be lit up in orange. Some of the teams have um, created uh, oh, what's the proper word in English? But like the the match shorts yes that thank thing. you yeah, yeah. in orange mm-hmm. only for this yeah. day mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and after they've been uh, doing an auction with mm-hmm. them uh, and donated the money to our work 
and also highlighting in social media. We also have like an orange uh, captain. The captain's uh, armband, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that they can use also. So actually there's been a lot of uh, commitments from the sports community, which we really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. One in three. What's it going to take for us to get to one in four, one in five, one in ten, one in fifty? Yeah, I can... Um, it's a very difficult question. It's a very difficult question. I can't give you a year, but what I can say that because it can, I said that smart year before, tend to get a little bit dark when you speak about the current mm-hmm. state of of issues within the world right now. But just to be on, to say something positive, like last year, young women, because of donations, was able to contribute to strengthening uh, 57 laws in different countries mm-hmm. that have strengthened um, the bandits against uh, violence against women. So mm-hmm. they've been doing it harder in different ways. Mm-hmm. So the, the development is not only uh, going in the wrong direction, no. it's also going in. The foundations are being yeah, laid. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. More legislation, mm-hmm. more communication, uh, more understanding between yeah. us all. Definitely more communication. There's things like uh, the programme Gaslight that's on SVT right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, uh, that is about a, a girl in a domestic relation or a domestic abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it is a perfect example of how that that feeling of shame um, mm. for uh, this girl who feels that she's in love doesn't starts to see the warning signs but still believes that oh this guy's just he's so in love with me that mm. this is this is the way he is he's mm. just very protective of me mm. and then it ends up it just gets into a, a spiral mm. and in the end she gets help um, which is just I'm so what, glad there was yeah, a happy exactly, ending there. I'm going to spoil that <laughs> it's just to to see examples like that coming out in media now um, mm. that people are finding that um, people are finding so important to watch as well mm. that it becomes yeah the norm for people to actually talk about yeah. warning signs and what mm. you should look out for and how do we get help mm. and more and more people are I would say from my angle standing up against yeah. uh, talking about these yeah, things and, yeah exactly and I think that even if it sounds a lot we one in three it was one in three before also, but then you didn't even know because mm. now we have mm. so much more statistics mm. and so much more knowledge about these things, mm. which is a very, very good. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. If anybody listening has been affected by anything that we've been talking about, where's the best place for them to go, Louise? And I mean women and men, because if you're listening to this as a man and you're thinking that, fuck, you know, maybe some of the things I'm doing aren't the best, mm. you can certainly stretch out a hand to me, but I'm sure you can uh, go to your local ward central or that kind of place. But for women who specifically need help in a hurry, is it Kvinnohorn? And what's the best? Yeah, I think there is something in Swedish called Kvinnofridslinjen, Kvinnofridslinjen, which is okay. actually a number. And mm. they also have a website, but I'm sure we can link it in. Yeah, we'll do yeah. that in the show notes. Uh, a number that you can call to at any time to get uh, advice and guidance if you're being abused. Fantastic. Mm. Marjorie, do you, you have a whole list of notes there, as you always do. Have we covered everything? <laughs> I think I've covered everything. I think we've covered everything. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. It's been a privilege. I can't say I've enjoyed everything that we've talked about in this conversation, mm. but I'm very, very glad we did. And maybe next year on the 25th of November, we'll get together and we'll do a live podcast somewhere and celebrate some of the great, great women that we're talking about. But for now, Louise and Marjorie, thanks so much for talking to me. Thank you. Perfect. Thank, Thank you so you much. for having us.
there you go fascinating chat there with the two ladies um about the whole idea of orange day and as i say if you look in the show notes if you're listening to this on spotify uh, or whatever you listen to SoundCloud or Podbean or whatever you listen to it uh, have a look down below there and you will find some of the links uh, that Louise gave me and that Marjorie gave me um, just to have a look there and you'll find more information about you know what help and whatever support and everything else like that is out there and uh, hopefully maybe next year we might be able to mark the occasion with maybe a gig or a live podcast or something like that where we can get together in a room and we can talk about all these things together but a huge thanks for the two women uh, for taking the time to talk to me about uh, what is a very important sort Listen, another important subject. Now, I'm not going to compare the two, right? But this is almost as important, right? Christmas is coming, lads. And the mail is going around, especially if you live in Stockholm. Keep an eye on these things now in Gothenburg and in Yadra and everywhere else you are as well, right? But you need to be getting your hands on your turkey and your hang and a whole lot of that as well. So I got an L voice note from Gareth over at the Butcher's Deli just to remind you, right? So here it is, the week's business shout-out. If you want to be involved in any of these things in the future, just send me a voice note, 0707 Drop me a voice note on WhatsApp and I will include it just as I'm about to do now. Hi, this is Gareth from the Butcher's Deli, or Taylor's and Jones, whichever you prefer. Uh, don't forget to get your Christmas orders in if there's anything you need. Uh, turkeys, hams, sausages, all that type of thing. Uh, the order form is on our homepage, which is thebutchersdeli.se. And the order form should be in, preferably, by the 4th of December. Hope all is good. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. You heard the man, lads. You heard the man. The 4th of December. Get the orders in there, right? Look at I'm very accommodating at that kind of thing, but if you're banging down my door on the 23rd of December going, oh, I forgot to order me. To-, that's on you. That's on you. We've told you now. Gareth has told you. Get the order in 4th of December, right? Uh, if you're anywhere else in the country, you might find yourself in a small town or that kind of thing, right? Ingelsta Calcone have done frozen turkeys for years and they're very good, right? Just get one that's the correct size, right? Which is basically the biggest thing that will fit in your kitchen. Don't mind the oven, lads. The biggest thing that will fit in your kitchen because we're going to be eating this for a week, right? Uh, Ingelsta Calcone, as I say, is very good. And I'm sure if you went to your local copy, your local Ikea, and you said, look, I'm looking for a whole turkey. Can you get me a fresh one? I'm sure they'll be able to hook you up. And if you are living out in the country, of course, there's, there's, especially down the south of the country there's loads of places uh, that are raising turkeys and they'll be able to put you in touch with it not the cheapest but i suppose you know if it's once a year and that kind of thing and i'm well aware of the position of privilege of not having to you know worry too much about what we pay for the old turkey but uh, the, the frozen ones are actually very good value for money and you can also get uh, turkey breasts and that kind of thing in most uh, large supermarkets especially coming up to christmas now around thanksgiving now there's a few yanks around now might need a bit of an old uh, a bit of turkey there as well there's a load of stuff going on there and again on the back of what Garrett says there right I know there's a Lodia out there. I know that Carl Stein is out there from Tushed. I know that uh, Mutley and Jack's Coffee Roastery is out there as well. Get the voice notes in, lads, because you'd be surprised. Aaron Kennedy was telling me there uh, recently, we had a voice note from him about a breathwork workshop that he did yesterday, as far as I know. And he was saying that people on the, uh, who listen to the podcast do get in touch, right? So this is not the biggest podcast in the world. You're not listening to Joe Rogan, lads. That's not the kind of the audience that we have. But the people who do listen to this podcast are people who are interested in the content kind of things that you're selling and the kind of things that you're up to and the kind of things that I'm up to God love them all together right I should leave it at that for this week the way things have been going uh, there's actually loads of great stuff cl- uh, coming up now there's a load of great interviews to be done uh, I'm going to be at the gala dinner and I'm going to be at the Beacon Award and I'm going to be at the networking event on the day of the 2nd of December for the ICCS I'm going to be down in Veerstam's pub a big congratulations by the way to Michelle Cotter who was elected uh, the chairperson of Stockholm Gales for the coming 
mean, you, you will have heard Michelle talking about camogie on here. And I'd love to know if the other clubs around the country or the other sporting clubs around the country, if you're having your AGMs, if you want us to bring any news of that or what is erupt or your plans for next year, if you're looking for sponsors, get on the podcast and talk about it because it's great now. Two podcasts a week, the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, hopefully, well, long may it run, we'll keep it going. As a few interviews done and there is more to be done. I shall leave it at that for this week, lads. Okay, have a wonderful time wherever you are. Embrace the chill, right? Go for your winter bod, right? Get, get your kit off now and get into the lake there and be done with you, right? It'll get the heart running. Uh, by the way, take medical advice before you do that because I think my heart would just fucking stop if I was to do it at this point in time. But get out there and enjoy the nature. It is a dark time of the year. Get out, get out whatever bit of daylight you can and uh, look forward to Christmas. Get your order into Taylor and Jones or for your Ingalls, Calcone or wherever you're going. Listen, good luck. Until the next time I speak to you, take care of yourselves and take care of one another. And I'll be back again next week or maybe even before with another episode of the Irish in Sweden podcast for you.